0: Citation Nation, and fans of fact-based reality and reality-based facts, welcome to Scanna. I'm Mark Lairn-Young, author of The Killer Whale Who Changed the World, and director of The Hundred-Year-Old Whale, which is turning up on Vimeo in mid-July, and Scanna listeners get their own special promo code to save 15% on advance orders. Check out the links on Scanna.org, our Facebook page, and our Patreon page. And speaking of fact-based reality, Canada just bought a pipeline. So we're all oil barons. And that means each and every one of us is now personally financing the extinction of the Southern Resident Orcas. The same National Energy Board that greenlit the Trans Mountain Pipeline wrote that just the increased tanker traffic from the pipeline will result in quote, significant adverse effects, close quote, for the Southern Resident Orcas and every single scientist I've spoken to has told me the Southern Resident Orcas cannot survive significant adverse effects. Justin Trudeau keeps claiming there's nothing to see here, move along, and he has science on his side. He just keeps forgetting to find a single scientist who agrees with him. So today on Scanna, we're putting out the call. We would like to hear from any scientist anywhere on the planet who agrees with our Prime Minister that the Southern Resident Orcas can survive significant adverse effects operators are standing by. if, however, you think Trudeau is full of bitumen, please say so to your local MP and maybe tweet your concerns with our new Scanna hashtag Trudeau hates orcas and speaking of pipelines, from kayak to Two was inspired by a different pipeline. Zoe Hopkins attended a hearing for the Northern Gateway Pipeline and was inspired to create a heartwarming, heartbreaking road movie on the water. Her movie features an amazing cast, including Evan Adams, an actor who's pretty much stopped acting to work as a doctor, Lauren Cardinal from Corner Gas, an actor, singer, and one of my new eco heroes, Takaya Blaney. Now 15, she became an activist and was talking to the United Nations before she became a teenager. Check out our page so she can rock your world with her TEDx talk and her songs. Yeah, her songs. We're ending this episode with one of them. This episode of Scana is brought to you by It's Only Natural Clothing, Eagle Wing Tours, MCM, Suzy Vanita, and Nicole Natras. These are our Patreon sponsors. Please join them. We'll mention you here. I was lucky enough to host a and a with Zoe Hopkins at the 2017 Victoria Film Festival. Again, her awesome movie is Kayak to Klemtu, and it's in theaters now. Let's kick off with a scene featuring Takaya Blaney.
1: I wish to share with you some evidence born of my traditional knowledge and first-hand experience with these waters. I have spent the last month paddling 500 kilometers in these waters in a kayak and I will tell you that should tankers pass through these waters, the threat of a spill is not only a potential, it is a certainty. The only unknown is how long would we have to wait and how many times would it happen. There are many things that threaten our way of life on this coast. We are a fishing culture. We subsist on the sea. Our people have inhabited these waters for millennia, a documented 14,000 years. But we know from our oral history that we've been here since creation. We are not the only ones who have survived despite attempts at extermination in this territory for millennia. This is the only place on earth where you can see a spirit bear. Yet bear and wolf habitat are not respected in a world where oil tankers would destroy estuaries and spawning grounds that bears and wolves need to survive.
0: Please welcome back writer, director, Zoe Hopkins. Now, now to kick off, do you want to tell us a little bit about the spark for the movie?
2: Spark. spark. Um, well, I was born in Bella Bella, which is where we filmed some of the movie. And I was there, I was present and filmed um, the hearing that was held there for the Northern Gateway Pipeline. And so I got to bear witness to all of my people's testimony um, where they had to prove that that was a bad idea. Um, so that was sort of part of the part of the inspiration and um, yeah it just kind of snowballed from there I wanted to make a road movie on the water and uh, I don't know why that was a good idea either that was really hard but <laughs> uh, yeah it all snowballed from there
0: cool questions you're all being shy and not seeing any hands go for it
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> There's no uh, stunt animals in the movie. They're all real animals.
0: <laughs> Can you talk about catching the animals just, in the act? Because I thought that was pretty amazing. You were just talking about that.
2: Catching... Oh. That you
0: actually caught... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, uh, because we were on the water all the time. It was uh, like the eagles that you see in the, in the film. Um, you know, we were there and we were able to... Be hanging out, you know, waiting to get another shot or waiting for a next scene to, waiting for actors sh- to show up and stuff. So it was, it was easy to, well, not easy, you know, but <laughs> they were there, they're in the world, so it was easy to say like, hey, 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 look at that, you know, and spin around and get a shot of a magnificent eagle flying away, and oh, and gosh, the whales, there's some whales, let's <laughs> let's film those guys. <laughs> so it was it was pretty amazing you know we were pretty fortunate to be able to see all the incredible um, life that exists on the coast and re- have a great reminder of like why we're making this movie
0: now that's a really special cast can you talk a little bit about i thought evan adams had stopped acting and scoring a cardinal can you talk a little bit about your cast
2: uh it was an absolute tr- pleasure to work with this cast um evan adams is in a Film that's uh, celebrating its twentieth anniversary of being one of the most popular sort of indigenous films called, called Smoke Signals. Um, um, that's it's the twentieth year of that. And uh, he, I don't know if you are you familiar with that film? Yeah. So I uh, I resisted the entire time. I have never once said to him, "Hey, Victor." <laughs> It was really, really hard, but I didn't do it. But he's
0: a doctor now, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, so he's a doctor. So I was, was a hard, and he is like the um, the like boss of First Nations Coastal Health. So um, he's you know not he, he's a busy guy. <laughs> um, so that was a that was a challenge to sort of find pockets of his time to have him be in this movie. But he's the heart of this movie. I was really. I was really um uh, so honored that he got to be a part of this movie. And Lauren Cardinal is such a treat to work with. He's such a gentleman and a hilarious guy and just a team player. He he hauled kayaks for us over rocky beaches and moved equipment and he was just he was there. He was really helpful for the younger actors and helped them, you know, stay on track and, you know, listen up and <laughs> stuff like that so it was he was a wonderful uncle he was a wonderful um just a great all-around guy to work with i was really blessed
0: and how do you find your young, your young lady
2: uh so takaya blaney is from uh, uh to um where we started uh the journey the fictional journey um so that's both her and evan adams are from to and um so that was kind of really fortuitous you know that the that all happened and then I um, just, I had worked with uh, Takaya when she was little, when she was nine, she was in a short film that I made and uh, sort of mm, put her in my mind to work with her again one day and when this story came up, um, it was a, just a real obvious choice. She is this character. She's a, a youth ambassador and an environmental activist and uh, has she spoken to the UN uh, a number of times. and. Um, She's a singer-songwriter and a, just a passionate human about you know all kinds of important things. You know, so it was really uh, it was really not even a big leap for her to do this do this project. But it was she's an incredible incredible person, and uh, it's amazing that she's so young. You know, she's just uh, she's gonna do great things.
0: Cool. Okay.
2: How long did it take to make the movie? Uh, we, sh- we had 22 shooting days. Um, and uh, over, we shot for five days at a time and took, uh, the crew had the weekends off. Uh, myself and the cinematographer never had a moment uh, rest. Um, so I think it took, uh, I was away from home from my family for seven weeks to, to do the shoot. And then of course there's editing and all that stuff that happens afterwards, but yeah, 22
0: days of shooting. So a hand over there. Yep. I was wondering if you were able
2: to do a showing in Yeah, so uh, um, the question is if I'm able to do a, a showing in Clem 2. Um, I really, really uh, am looking forward to that. So we're just begun our festival uh, circuit now. This is our second festival, and uh, we're looking at... Um, uh, a small theatrical run and with uh, Canadian distribution in late spring, and concurrent with that, we're going to do a tour to uh, Bella Bella and Clem and and uh, any other coastal communities or really relevant communities that want to have it. So we're sort of want to do a, a, you know, it'll show in Toronto, Vancouver, I don't know, wherever they do the third Canadian city, but the, I want to bring it home. So um, that's, uh, we're all really excited to be able to do that. So. Oh, I just had a silly question. Um, were the four days of rain in the script, or did they get written into the script because you had four days of rain? <laughs> <laughs> you'd think you'd think it would be the latter, but we had a. Uh, the four days of rain we were written into the script. Um, you know, in writing it, I was like, okay, these are all the challenges they need to have to to come up with. They need to have problems with their gear. They need to have. You know, the weather, and the natural world has to be a an obstacle. Um, there, there obviously, their conflict with one another has to be an obstacle. And so, in thinking about all that stuff, you know, it's the West Coast. Obviously, it's going to rain a lot, and that's going to be a problem for us. It rained on Friday nights, when we finished filming, until Monday morning, and then it would never rain all week. <laughs> so we had this, like, incredible, gorgeous weather every day, and that eventually became a problem Um, there was never a cloud in the sky and we're like thank you however can we just get a little cloud for the one day because it obviously is never going to rain so we did we had to schedule the stormy days for when we would have a little overcast action happening and bring in a rain machine and wind machine and all that
0: stuff. That's hilarious. So you
2: know, very atypical West Coast summer. <laughs> one more question: What when did you film? I think that's when I'd like to um, go. <laughs> <one> yeah, <laughs> we started in September, and uh, we had uh, Thanksgiving in Bella Bella at my mom's house.
0: Nice. As so, he hand up there.
2: Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Real in what way? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You saw it hadn't we? <laughs> in the movie. Okay. Have you been screened in front of any of the political audiences or the pipeline companies? <laughs> I don't know. JT, are you in the house?
0: Kinder Morgan in the house? <laughs>
2: Kinder Morgan in the house? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm going to send JT a link, and we'll see what he has to say about it. <laughs> First off, thank
0: you for sharing the story. It's very important. I really appreciate it. And in honor
3: of Dr. Ebed-Adams, I can't believe we have one in the movie. <laughs> uh, but
0: in all seriousness, um, when you shot the movie, did you film all the way up the coast, or did you choose certain communities? When
2: you were doing your shoes? So did we film all the way up the coast, or did we choose certain communities? So, early on in prep, we were like, we need to find a way to like really document that actual journey and like do it and um I don't know, we looked at barges and like having a mobile uh, lodging slash filming barge and stuff and and it just became a logistical um, really scary thought. <laughs> So uh, we filmed the bulk of it in the, in Desolation Sound. Um, Desolation Sound passes for uh, a great deal of the coast <laughs> in this movie, and I'm sure if you know the area, you would recognize that the tree lines aren't quite northern-looking enough. Um, but we went from Desolation Sound to um, Telegraph Cove, mm-hmm. and from Telegraph Cove to Port Hardy. And from Fort Hardy to Bella Bella, and from Bella Bella to too. So we did cover a lot of ground, but um, we didn't do a you know we didn't actually go across the sound, and we didn't you know so um, lots of places, but not the entire journey. (laughs) Cool, cheated a little.
1: was um, talking to Alex about him being adopted into the community and water being thicker than blood. And I'm just wondering if you can um, provide an explanation as to why Dave married a non-indigenous woman, why you brought that up?
2: OK, so she, uh, she's talking about how the relations between the people in the movie um, that you know there's a thing with Dave uh, adopting Alex into his community and family, and um, why why did Dave marry a non-indigenous person? Because um, uh, he loved her. <laughs> um, I, I think that's my answer for that. Um, I'm the one thing I, I will talk about about that is that I really wanted this movie to speak to everybody. I really wanted the environmental you know, concern to be a human concern. The ocean is a, is a planetary issue, not a First Nations issue. Um, so when we see disasters happen and the First Nations people are the first on the scene to, to try to protect the area um, and they're vocal and angry about what's happened, um, racism really plays a big role in the media coverage of that stuff and people tend to think, like, I made another film, unfortunately, uh, I think you read in the title card at the end of the movie that the day after we wrapped, um, uh, a diesel spill happened in Bella Bella, and we had just been there. And so it was the day after um, that we finished filming, and 100,000 liters of diesel is still in the the waters there. And um, the coverage of that was really, like, the comments, the Canadian public's comments about that was, like, really so disheartening, you know, that it's an Indian problem, you know, and oh, here the Indians are mad again about something, you know, and I was so choked about that because this is a coastal issue, um, not a, uh, you know, a political issue, well, political, but it's not a socio-political issue. Um, It transcends race, you know, so what I I really wanted this story to, speak to everybody. And I really wanted to show the beauty of how um, uh, inviting and um, adoptive these communities are. And like I've had, uh, like I have a brother who we adopted into my family and he's not indigenous and um, he's my brother, you know? And I really wanted people to um, get a sense of who people are in these places and how loving and beautiful Um, These places are and it's the and what the concept of a family is and what this issue means to You know a family from a place like that You know, so I kind of wanted to be able to bring people home a little bit and get a sense of like just uh, um, How beautiful a family can be and what this issue means to These people Cool.
0: I saw a hand straight ahead up there
2: Uh, did everyone hear that? Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess so. We all became, uh, you all, you become a family with your crew, um, over the course of the time, because you were together, like, like, so much. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. We had a lot of, uh, moments where... You know, we literally had to throw someone in the water to make the shot work, you know? <laughs> and, like, we were very fortunate. We had, like, a guy who had never held a piece of film equipment but was super gung-ho to come work on our movie because he was a marine biologist, you know? <laughs> and um, what ha- also happened to be six and a half feet tall. So <laughs> he was he was a wonderful asset. So one day we were filming and we were... Um, the tide was going out and, you know, everything was, oh no, the tide was coming in so everything was getting, you know, deeper and deeper, and we needed the boat to, the camera boat to stay still, and um, there was just nowhere to anchor it, or like, we just, we weren't prepared to be suddenly adrift. Um, so he was like, I'll just hold it. I'll just stand there and hold it. <laughs> so he was, and he had to, because he was the tallest guy. <laughs> so he's like, up to here holding holding our camera boat in place so we could get our shot so we had we had like people who just gave us their hearts and uh all of their physical being all the time we were crawling over it was a a physical movie for everybody involved crawling over um i called them ankle breaker beaches (laughs) because there were huge rocks covered in barnacles and I'm surprised I didn't. I'm a little, really clumsy. I'm surprised I didn't break my ankle. But <laughs> um, there was barnacle injuries on the first on the first day. So, but I think by the last day, none. Nice.
0: Anyone else there? How did you get the aerial
2: shots? The aerial shots. We had uh, one drone, and uh, uh, our cinematographer is a very talented uh, drone operator. And um, then we had to buy another drone because we sunk the first one in the ocean. Um, That was our most heartbreaking day. We fought for a day of just getting beauty shots and drone shots and we had to sort of battle the producers for um, one more shooting day. We built another day. So we wanted to go to the (laughs) furthest location we had. We hadn't yet been that far north you know, in Desolation Sound because it takes actually a, quite a long time to carry these weighted down boats with all of our equipment and casting crew. Um, so what normally would have taken 45 minutes to get to uh, this waterfall um, took us over two hours. So we knew that was going to be a commitment. That would blow a day. So we're like, OK, we can finally do it, so I called it um, the battle for T-Kern Arm, which is <laughs> if you know Desolation Sound, that's where we shot the waterfall. Um, <clears throat> and so we had this epic footage of the drone coming over the top of the waterfall, and there's a lake up there. And um, I I can see on the iPad like the the shot. So I'm watching the boat, and I'm like freaking out because it's so beautiful, and it was so perfectly executed, and the kayaks timed perfectly, and it was incredible establishing shot for that scene. And we shot, you know, all the way back down south to our launching area and shot all this beautiful drone footage of the sea lions and the kayaks going past the sea lions into the sunset nonetheless. And then then the drone got confused and wanted to go home to where we had launched from, which was a boat. (laughs) And we had moved the boat. So we saw it uh, turn around and the DP started... Fiddling with the thing, he's like, ah, oh, it, it, it's, it won't let me control it anymore, and he couldn't override it. And the, the drones can fly really fast; they can fly like 50 k. Um, and we're in a tiny boat, and uh, we, all we could do was like chase it like this, <laughs> and watch it, and then it just like so gracefully got to where it thought it was gonna land, and then just beautifully. Oh. I can do the ocean with all of our epic footage oh. at, uh, at a depth of 400 feet. So, somewhere at the bottom of the ocean, there's some really stunning footage. <laughs> I, just, I just got the
0: one more question signal. Is there one more question? Nice. Cool. Can you repeat the question
2: for me? Yeah, so how can you support the movie going forward and see it in more venues and perhaps more silver cities across the country? <laughs> um, uh, we're looking at distribution for late spring. Um, so it'll do like, usually that's like a small theatrical run in three Canadian cities, so probably Toronto, Vancouver, and I don't know, Salmon, or, I don't know. Um, and uh, so when it comes out go see it bring your friends the first weekend is really 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 important <laughs> um, the more people who go the longer it'll stay in the theater and that's really important and um, and then after that it's, it's uh, sales to TV like TMN, CBC and AptN watch it uh, we're hoping um, obviously for sale to Netflix and and then getting US distribution as well and international distribution. So I don't know if you hear about it, go we'll see it.
0: And you can tell them to vote for it on the way out.
2: Right. And another way to support <laughs> it is to help me win a prize and uh, vote for your, the audience award. I believe the the number you want to click is uh, five. Yeah, five, five foot. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Victoria, and Open Supplement.
0: Thanks again for checking out Scanna. If you like the show, please tell all your friends. I'm Mark Laren young and this is the Scanna Podcast. S-K-A-A-N-A. Spread the word. Subscribe on iTunes. Maybe give us a nice review there so iTunes decides to plug us. And check out our YouTube channel for cool bonus material about orcas, oceans, the environment, and 100-year-old whales. Also... Subscribe to our newsletter at Scanner.org and we'll send you updates on our upcoming episode and news about orcas and oceans. If this show didn't work for you, I'm Ira Glass, and thank you for listening to This American Life. And if you want to find out how the world fell in love with whales, check out my book, The Killer Whale Who Changed the World, available in paperback, ebook, audio edition, at audible.com. Your first month of membership's free, so if you're not a subscriber, test drive my book as your freebie. And if you're game to help support us on patreon.com, or know someone who might be willing to sponsor us? Godspeed. Heck, donate enough money, I'll come to your house, I'll read you the book personally. And please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our upcoming episodes with guests like Julia Barnes, writer and director of the amazing documentary Sea of Life, Laurie Marino of The Sanctuary Project, and historian Jason Colby, author of the fantastic new book, Orca, How We Came to Know and Love the Ocean's Greatest Predator. And if you'd like to volunteer to help us pull this together, please contact us at Scana.org. Scana is produced by Rain Banu, with technical assistance from Chantel Hewitt. And now, let's check out Takaya Blaney's Earth Revolution.